CM Punk addresses the rumors on whether or not he will be in Chicago on August 20th. Plus, not once, but twice, we're going to see Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. We'll talk about that along with a review AEW Dynamite next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, very interesting interview done by the Sunday night's main event with CM Punk. They ask him point blank, is he going to be in Chicago on August 20th? CM Punk doing what CM Punk does best, demissive, dismissively goes, let me check my calendar. Yeah, I'll be in Chicago, but not for that. I'll be, I think there's a screening for heels that night. So shoot or work. Uh, this is a work on his part. I do think he is absolutely going to be there. I would be shocked. Look, I think that AEW certainly learned their lesson when they teased kind of the the game changer or what do they call it? Somebody of significance. I forgot the exact terminology that Tony Khan used. Might have been ended, game changer. I can't remember exact word it, either. And ended up, yeah, a big, big star. I think that's what he called him or a mega star. It ended up being Christian. No complaints here. Christian is very good. But when you think of mega star, needle mover, something like that, uh, you can't really say that Christian is that guy. I mean, he went to TNA. He did certain other things in other companies. He never made a huge difference in terms of like viewerships and rating and stuff like that. Uh, C- CM Punk, you can probably say that about. I mean, he was a big star in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I think that they've learned their lesson from that. And I don't think they're going to try to uh, be so uh, presumptive, try to be so um, suggestive with the way that they're trying to promote the show and try to lead people on to believe that Daniel Bryan and uh, CM Punk are signed. Right. But they're not, they don't intend to deliver at least one of those guys at, at this show. So I think CM Punk shows up still. I, I think he shows up, but I don't know to what level he's actually going to be a part of AEW. Now that, you know, you have this heel show coming out on August 15th, which is this Sunday. I feel like this is more like he's going to be a part-time guy. He won't be a, in AEW full-time. He's there to kind of promote heels. And then, you know, when he has to shoot another season of it, if it goes well, he's going to disappear. So the question is, are fans okay with CM Punk being a part of AEW on a part-time basis? I I think I would kind of prefer that. You know, I, I, I almost prefer when wrestlers are there for, let's say, three, four, five month stints, and then they take some time off because it gives them time to breathe it allows fans to appreciate them when they come back. I mean, when you look at WWE by comparison, some of the guys like like Kevin Owens, for example, he's been there for so long. He's been there for longer stints or something like that. When he went away for a while and then came back, it was almost like he was kind of rejuvenated. The fans right. wanted to see him again. Uh, Finn Balor, he had to go to NXT and he came back and that kind of felt like a big deal. I, I would be fine with CM Punk being there for three, four or five month spans, taking some time off, going back again, working some bigger tier matches. Uh, because it makes it feel special. That's that's kind of what WWE does with Brock, right? They give him some bigger matches because he's supposed to be like this spectacle. Um, and not only that, but AEW is still a very young company. I want to make sure that they are still giving enough time and opportunity to the good young talent that they have, especially guys like Darby and Jungle Boy, the guys that have shown that they have uh, a lot of talent and they, they could be potentially uh, a big star in the wrestling business. They just need the platform and the time to kind of show it. And if you have somebody like CM Punk, who's there, obviously the, the attention is going to be on punk and not those guys. Right. I I agree with 100% of what you're saying. And I think this week we did see at least a step in the right direction for AEW. 
saying that while we do have to bring in some of the nostalgia acts to bring in stuff, we are going to showcase the future. They've been doing that for a while, but last night was a very interesting twist into this plot with Kenny Omega and his title defense for All Out. So we did get confirmation. It will be Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega at All Out, which got a reception of CM Punk chants as soon as Don Callis said Chicago. But not only that, Christian Cage also points out that Omega will be facing Cage as the first match in Rampage history for the Impact Wrestling Championship. What do you think of this move, Ralph? Uh, I like it. I think it keeps things fresh. I think it keeps things exciting. I think that it's a good move for them to uh, announce this going into the big show. You know, obviously, Friday is their first uh, show for Rampage. Christian Cage is a, a notable guy. He's somebody that is has been... Uh, well-known in the wrestling industry and kind of beyond the wrestling industry and from his time wrestling during the Attitude Era. So it's smart on their behalf to utilize his name and uh, his fame to try and draw maybe some of those casuals in. I I think that on Friday, there's a lot on the line and I think they want to put things off on the right foot. So I think that having a title match without giving up the AEW championship match is a smart move for them. I agree to that extent. And they have a lot of championship matches on this first rampage. Miro yeah. is going to be challenging or defending his TNT championship against Fuego del Sol. Britt Baker, obviously defending her title in her hometown of Pittsburgh against uh, red velvet. And then this match for the impact wrestling titles. I like that move. And I do like if it's where Omega drops the title, it's not the AEW championship because I think, I think we all know where this leads to Hangman's got to take the belt off of Kenny Omega. So Kenny Omega will go over at all out so that whenever that match happens with Hangman, it happens with Hangman beating Omega to get that championship. However, what happens if Omega beats Christian Cage both times? What does that do for Christian? Well, I imagine it would certainly drive him down in the rankings. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because, you know, let's be honest here. Christian certainly is older. He's had uh, his, his, I would I think we could all probably agree he's had his major run in wrestling, you know, maybe he can go on and win the AEW championship. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. he was a former champion in WWE. He was one of the best uh tag teams in WWE history during the Attitude Era. So, it's not like he has a whole lot left to prove. So, why not go out there and put over uh one of the younger I I guess you could say uh, up and comers, even though Kenny's not really an up and comer, but maybe he's a not really guy. young either. <laughs> no, he's 37, but he's, I think he's he's a, he's a newer guy that's being positioned as a top guy, at least to the American audience, where most of Kenny's success came in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And maybe not a lot of True. the casual wrestling fans knew who he was until AEW. So right. that being said, Christian seems like a gracious guy. I don't think it would be all that bad for him to put Kenny over twice now. The other thing that I think this actually is a good move if Christian ends up winning, because if Christian ends up winning, obviously that means he's going to be showing up more on Impact Wrestling. And I think Christian would do better for Impact Wrestling as far as rating-wise and draw in an an audience than Kenny Omega does. Because I think what's happening right now is the people that watch Impact Wrestling for Kenny, for Jay White, for Juice Robinson, uh, they're all the same fan. Whereas Christian, you might bring back those that watched TNA when he was there uh, in the mid 2000s, or those that are WWE fans that watch are now watching AEW to see him can now go over to Impact Wrestling too. So 
while I'm I'm not one to say like Kenny was an absolute failure in Impact Wrestling, there definitely were things to say. You know, he brought on pay-per-view buys. He did bring up ratings at one point, but now I think that success has plateaued and they do need to change a pace. I don't see anybody on the Impact Wrestling roster to help with that. So I think Christian Cage can definitely be that. And maybe this is the start to a, a, a derail of Kenny Omega's character. Yeah, especially when you consider there's a history there, right? Because Christian did uh, used to wrestle in TNA. He was a former champion there. He had a pretty decent run. Um, so, you know, like you said, he could maybe attract some of those fans that were watching when he was there. And it might have a little better, a um, little bit better um, result than just having Kenny Omega go there where there wasn't really hardly any history there. Yeah, I agree. Now, the one thing I will say, this is kind of an issue is that I understand the story was uh, Christian won last week against the blade. So he jumped over jungle boy uh, to become the number one guy, but jungle boy comes out with Christian cage and maybe they could have planted the seed last night. Like, Hey, I know you jumped over me, but you know what? Kick Kenny Omega's ass or whatever. But instead, Jungle Boy kind of has a consolation prize. Next week on Dynamite, he and Luchasaurus will go after the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles on Dynamite. Do you see the Jurassic Express finally winning the tag titles? Uh, I don't necessarily see that yet. And I only say that because the Young Bucks are doing such a good job in this heel role. Um, and, you know, that's coming from somebody who was kind of on the fence. You know, I, I, I like the Young Bucks. I respect them. But I think they're so much better as heels than trying to be forceful, uh, trying to be like this, these these face characters that just don't seem natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and last night I thought they did a really good job positioning themselves as being t- some of the top heels, just, you know, whether that's in the tag team division or in wrestling right now, I think that they're much more comfortable. So I, I would keep the belts on the box. Right. Now, one thing has been common at people that have been watching this uh, podcast for a while now, I've said that I hate the young bucks, but that's a compliment because they are doing their characters so well that every time I watch them, I find reasons to hate them. And of course this week, the whole basketball segment where Luchasaurus blocks the shot backstage, you know, one more reason just to hate the young bucks, you know, they're crying for fouls in whatever that shot was. It was a clean block, by the way, Luchasaurus definitely got all ball there. So, but I have a, I have a hunch that I think the, the jungle uh, Jurassic Express are going to win this match. I think they're going to, because listen, this is one of those cases where Tony Khan has to strike while the iron's hot. And I think jungle boy is over right now. If you're not going to give jungle boy, the AEW championship match at all out, knowing that hangman pages are going to be there. Give them the titles here. It's certainly possible. Certainly possible. I mean, I, I, I think that the, if you were to say like percentage wise, I think that the percentage chance that the bucks are going to retain in my mind is higher, but who knows? And I guess that mostly depends on what they decide to do with FTR and some of the other tag teams too. So, right. And that's the other question. Who, who else is there now? I know I under, I know last, uh, last night they did do a backstage segment with PAC, uh, Ray Phoenix and, um, Penta where PAC told them, look, Focus on the tag titles. I'll focus on Andrade. So, you know, are they hinting at another match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers for All Out, if that's the case, if they don't beat, if they do beat the Jurassic Express next week? Maybe another ladder match, perhaps, considering... 
where else you can know, they go? I mean, they already did the 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 uh, ladder match in the first all out. I know. So, <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice, but we've seen it before. Can they can they one up that ladder match? Look, yes. honestly, I I feel like that that they have a lot of tag teams. Sometimes it can be a little lackluster because right now, if you look at the tag team division. There isn't a whole lot of teams that you can see as immediately jumping in and challenging for the titles. If if Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus aren't going to win the titles, I think that they should honestly put over a young tag team and they should probably put over the Varsity Blondes, even if they hold the titles for agree. a couple of months. Look, like Penta and Phoenix, the fans already love them. FTR, they're already established, proud and powerful. Even when they're not competing as a tag team, they're in a popular faction. So if you're going to do anything and drop the titles to somebody, make it meaningful and put it on a young tag team and see what they do with it. Now, At least you'll establish another team. Right. Now, there, there's another tag team that could be possibly being established here that may work their way up the rankings. And no, I'm not talking about 2.0. I'm talking about <laughs> their opponents for next week. Darby Allen and Sting in a tornado tag team match uh, after Darby Allen did successfully win against Danny Garcia we get the announcement that Sting and Darby will team up in a tornado tag match against 2.0. This is Sting's first match on AEW Dynamite. Does this help boost the ratings? Uh, does it help boost the ratings? I would think so because one, Sting has kind of shown that when they advertise him and stuff like this, it does pretty well. And not only that, but Darby Allen has been a consistent kind of draw for them. So I, I would mm -hmm. think that this probably works out in their favor. No, I, I agree. I think this does help, especially because this week there wasn't really a lot advertised. And yes, you had the fourth labor, Jericho. None of the matches, Darby did have a match and Kenny and the Young Bucks had a match, but there were really a lot of guys, you know, not necessarily household names just yet. Now, Dante Martin had a very good showing this week and Danny yeah. Garcia had a very good showing this week, but there wasn't a lot of star power throughout the week. So I think that's why, you know, the viewership dropped below a million this week, but something like this, something like um, the tag title match next week with Jurassic express definitely will boost those ratings uh, and the total viewership back up, I think. And especially when you have sting, I mean, they didn't really promote it as this, but it is his first AEW dynamite match. So right. this is his first non-pay-per-view match since he, I, like he didn't have one. In WWE. So you're going back almost the early 2010s, I think, the last time he had a televised uh, wrestling well, match. Not only that, but I, I'm, I'm going to imagine if this is going to be his first match on Dynamite, it would be his first match on TNT since he worked WCW, correct? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so there's 20 something years. meaningful there. Yeah. I'm shocked they didn't really bring that up, or at least Tony Schiavone or Excalibur or somebody bring that up, that it's his first televised match on TNT in 20 years. You would have thought they would have brought that up, but I think it's going to be exciting. I love 2.0 Ever Rise. I think, like I said last week, they're a great team to have on TV. They're entertaining, but you don't need to give them wins. You can have them be jobbers, and they're going to give guys wins. They're going to give guys good matches, and they're going to be used a lot, I think, more than what we saw from NXT. There was a lot of start and stop with them. They were used a lot in 205 Live, but let's be honest, who the hell's watching that? Um, <laughs> so, you know... I, I think this is going to be a good move and they're going to really let Sting shine in this moment. Yep. I agree. Now, another guy who could be on his way back to the ring after a long hiatus is Paul white, formerly known as the big show. 
segment uh, last night where Tony Schiavone apologizing to QT Marshall, but up to the rescue is Paul White. And it looks like they're having a potential start to the feud of Paul White and QT Marshall. Now, I will say when Paul White's music hit, I did not hear any please retire chants, Ralph. So it seems like the fans are behind this. Are you behind this? Uh, I, I can't say I'm, I'm clamoring to watch a match between QT Marshall and Big Show. I mean, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Um, also kind of depends what it's on. Is it on a pay-per-view? Is it going to be on Dynamite? I mean, yeah, I, I can't say I'm too enthused about this match. I mean, it could be a decent feud to fill time on Rampage. Obviously, we'll see what they're doing with Dark Elevation and AEW Dark. Now that you have two televised shows, will those be shorter? Will they put minor feuds in there? Which, by the way, speaking of minor feuds on AEW Dark, I'm glad they recapped what happened on AEW Dark last night and that Joey Janela turned on Sonny Kiss. That was nice to see. But back to uh, Paul White and QT Marshall. I'm with you. I'm I'm not like clamoring for this feud. I'm interested just to see how Paul White does, but I mean, I can't be like this. I mean, this guy was literally getting please retire a chance six years ago. Like are, are people yeah, that I, interested in it? I don't, I don't know. There might, I, I think that there's probably going to be some people who tune in just because they're going to be interested to see, you know, how he performs outside of WWE. And I'm sure he's going to perform just fine. I mean, he's, He's a big guy. So, right. you know, a choke slam, uh, the knockout punch. I mean, pretty much that's, I think, what we can expect from the match. Um, you know, but let's just be honest. It's it's not like uh, as big as he was for however long or whatever, people can kind of argue that. It's not like you have a true, like, proven draw, like a top guy. Like, it's not like you have, like, uh, I don't know, Rock or Austin coming out of retirement mm. to wrestle. Right. So, and, and I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's something that I think caters to an audience that would want to see it. And, you know, QT Marshall is a heel that people want to see, get his ass kicked. And Paul white, even at his age could probably still kick QT Marshall's ass. So they just want to see him choke yeah. slam him a couple of times. Nothing wrong with that. But speaking of heels that people want to see, get his ass kicked MJF versus Chris Jericho. Is definitely happening now that Chris Jericho survived the fourth labor of Jericho. I know, Ralph, last week we went back and forth to try to figure out what the hell the labors were, if there's a fifth one before MJF or if MJF is the fifth labor. Thank you to everybody who commented, by the way, for correcting me. MJF is, in fact, the fifth labor, and we know that the stipulation is no Judas, no Judas effect. MJF is Shang Soon, and uh, Wardlow was Goro. Basically. So he is the MJF is the true final boss. Right. But there's really no, there's nothing like, uh, okay. So Chris Jericho can't use the Judas effect and he can't come out to his theme song. And it's like, okay, that's it. You don't think the fans are still going to sing the song without him coming out to it. Well, not not only that, but Jericho has essentially three or four established finishers. He's got the code breaker. He's got the Judas effect, which he can't use that. But if he can't use the co- the the Judas effect, he can certainly use the code breaker. He can su- certainly use uh, the walls of Jericho or the lion tamer or whatever the hell you want to call it. Or he can use the, 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 the Jericho. What the hell is it called? Not the Jericho salt. 
The lion salt. He could use the lion salt. So it's not, I mean, yeah, he can't use one of his finishers. I don't know. I, I thought this was kind of weak. I, it, I don't like the stipulation. I, I think it's, it kind of fell flat. Yeah, I agree. And the last two labors have been, you know, when you, when you have to go against, you know, Sean Spears and he can use a chair, but you can't Nick Gage in a death match, Juventud Guerrero. And you, you have to use a high flying move in order to win. And then these last two, and it's like, yeah, the story's kind of declined. It's regressing. I, I, if I were to look at this, I honest to God, at this point, I feel like for somebody who is probably the least well-known to the AW fan base being Nick Gage, having a death match against the guy who's known for having death matches, who's a convict is probably the, the biggest kind of hurdle that he's had to go across to this point. Mm -hmm. They've kind of gone downhill. And I even pointed out, and so did MJF, like Wardlow was put in the same position before in his match against Cody and he lost and he lost again last night. Right. And that's going to be interesting to see how this story (laughs) progresses with those two, knowing that they hinted at Wardlow losing to Cody in the cage match and Wardlow not liking that response from MJF. So does this start the feud between Wardlow and MJF and possibly one of them getting kicked out of the pinnacle? Well, do you know what's interesting going back? Jeez, it had to have been a year or more now. Isn't Wardlow like indebted to MJF because he needs the money for something? Yes. So they haven't even revisited that in God knows how long. Maybe they do revisit it once this comes along because, you know, they sometimes they'll plant this seed, make you forget about it, and then you bring it up. And then those that remember are like, oh my God, that's great storytelling. Yeah. You know, that's what they do sometimes. But another episode of AEW Dynamite, Ralph, is in the book. So what are your final thoughts on this week? Yeah, it wasn't the most newsworthy in terms of the matches that were kind of presented before the show. I think that a a couple of people came out of the show looking real good. Britt Baker is a true star, maybe one of the most over females in pro wrestling, or maybe even one of the most over people in wrestling, even though that was in Pittsburgh or hometown. I agree. Uh, Dante Martin looked great. I thought that the show itself had good flow because I thought that the matches kind of flowed well into the video packages and kind of everything had a purpose. It wasn't like anything was a throwaway segment or had no meaning. So in that sense, in that regard, I thought it was good. I'm honestly excited for Rampage. More more excited, I should say, for Rampage after last night's Dynamite and leading up into it. I think that uh, Red Velvet and Britt Baker should be interesting. So I, I thought it was an okay show. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best episode of AEW Dynamite compared to what we've been getting since fan, since you know they went back touring. But it was still a decent show. I was entertained for two hours. And I mean, the matches were good, but I just felt like they were a little predictable knowing that they, you know, there wasn't much star power on both sides of the matches. Like you have Statlander and Nyla that was probably the closest to even star power in their matches. So kind of tuned you out of the show in that regard. But I thought the, the talking segments and the backstage segments really put this show through. Uh, if you yeah. made this more of a wrestling show like AEW typically does, I, I think it would have been hurting for two hours, but they did a good job implementing the talking segments and the backstage segments that made this a decent episode of AEW Dynamite. Not better than others, but still a good episode nonetheless. What was the line of the night? 
Uh, the line of the night, I believe, goes to Christian Cage after, one, the fans trying to hijack the segment with CM Punk chants after the announcement of the AEW Championship match being him and Omega uh, saying, are you, are you finished, you carny piece of shit? And then following yep. that up with, oh, I'm sorry, we're in Pittsburgh, you um, carny jagoff, which the crowd ate both those lines up. And that's, that's stuff you need to do. That's, you know, some of these young guys... And that's something that Kenny Omega needs to work on because, I mean, I'm sorry. As good he is as a westler, he's just as bad as a promo. He, like, Not last night, too. last night just proves, like, sometimes people need scripts in wrestling. At least bullet points or scripts or whatever. But Kenny, going off the cuff, is bad. He can't think on his feet. And you, you mentioned young wrestlers, and I wanted to point one more thing out. When Dante Martin worked the hot tag and he got into the ring, do you know what the two moves he did were to get the fans to come up? No. It was the typical memory. old is white bread with freaking peanut butter on it spot where you get the guy in the corner and you do the standing 10 punch count, and then he did a drop kick. So it just goes to show you. Yes, you could do all these flashy moves, which he can, and it's great. But you don't always have to do that stuff to get the fans to react. A little bit of drama throughout the match, a little bit of placement. I literally wrote it in my notes. I said a standing ten, a standing ten count punch in the corner, and a drop kick were got is what got the fans to jump out of their seat. So as 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 much as people want to talk about the high spots and all this and that, it's always about the emotion and the drama that you build in the match. That's going to matter more than anything. Right. Now, I do want to follow this up with, I know there's a lot of people talking about the NXT releases and, you know, what killed NXT and all this stuff and work rate and characters, whatever. Let me just put it this way. And I think I might make a t-shirt out of this. Work rate does not equal buy rate. Remember that, folks. You could be an average to above average wrestler, but if you're a, you know, all-star character, you're going to make a lot of money in the wrestling business. But if you're an all-star wrestler... With no character, you're not going to make much money in this. So, But let us know what your thoughts were on AEW Dynamite this week. Are you excited for Rampage tomorrow night? And, of course, CM Punk, is he coming next Friday? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to share us all over social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Subscribe, hit that bell for notifications, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.